0: Welcome to a special bonus episode of Dole Whips and Double Doubles. My name is Ryan Miller and I'm from Hamilton, Ontario. And because this is such breaking news, uh, because of our scheduling, um, it's just the two Ryans today. I've got Ryan in London with me. Hello! Welcome. So, we, uh, we've got a lot to talk about um, because Disney has dropped the Disney Genie service which we knew was coming from a couple of years ago, but uh, but total speculation as to what it would look like, what it would do, and, uh, and a couple of bombshells dropped along with it in that Disney Genie is replacing FastPass and Max Pass at Walt Disney World and Disneyland. Um, yeah, entirely. Which is... Uh, sad to see it go, um, and really, really interesting. And we're going to talk about um, what features come with Genie and what um, upgrades there are for an added cost. So um, let's let's start. I mean, let's start with the fact that uh, the Genie Plus service is a part of the My, My Disney Experience app or the Disneyland app, uh, depending on which side of the country you're visiting. Um, so it's built into that app. It's not a separate app that you need to download. But basically what it's supposed to do is to help you plan your itinerary by giving you um, information that's relevant to your particular interests um, or your identified um, picks for, for, for attractions. So basically... In the Disney Genie portion of the My Disney Experience app, you'll basically go in, you'll tell it um, your favorite rides that you want to, that you really want to go on, or you'll tell it that you like Disney princesses or that you prefer anything Star Wars, um, and then it will try to generate an itinerary for you on the day, of, uh, on your park day, that sort of helps you, as they say, uh, navigate the park and and spend less time in line that's the free part of this um I, I i don't know like what is is this something i think we have to talk about um is this beneficial how does it change um is it something that you would like to see used um and and maybe Ryan if you want to uh, take a crack at uh,
1: at that yeah, I mean, I, I mean, until we really fully see it in, in use, I think it will be tough to somewhat gauge it. Um, I think some of the functionality makes a ton of sense. I think virtual queues are the way of the future. I think theme parks will run on virtual virtual queues entirely at some point, where you'll just you know, put your name on a list and you'll just wait in certain queues and maybe you'll wait at three <laughs> queues at a time or something. Yeah. So to me, this kind of makes a ton of sense. I know that COVID has kind of sped up this process, um, you know, with the concerns of people waiting in line. Uh, it kind of seemed inevitable. that This was kind of a, a neat way to, you introduce it. I just, you know, one of the things that has been interesting to watch is, is over the, the past 18 months with, with the pandemic, the lines have been really hit or miss um, because there hasn't been fast pass. And so yeah. it it's actually, you know, to a certain extent kind of made the experience of the parks almost like the olden days where you, you know, you, you got on more rides, you, you waited, you know, but you didn't wait an, an exorbitant amount. And what's crazy is you bring fast passes back and, and you end up, you know, it, it slows down the lines, you know, you're, you're now, you know, weaving in in people who are waiting in separate lines. So, what will this look like? Obviously, as FastPass will change its name and it will, you know, be more of a of a fee for service kind of experience. Will less people will less people take advantage, and so therefore the fast pay, you know, the the lightning lightning lanes or, or however you want to categorize it, is that going to make it uh, more manageable, and so therefore you won't be waiting as long? Um, I'm a little skeptical. I got to say, I'm a little skeptical. Everything for the past few months has been a lot more. <laughs> bottom line driven, it seems. Um, And I don't also, I'm also, I gotta say, I'm a little discouraged that, um, and do we have an exact, uh, date for when this coming out?
0: No, it just says a general fall release. Um, I'm going to assume that it'll probably be before the 50th because they want to have that out and, uh, and ready for people to experience sort of well. And especially if they're expecting a large number of people, um, this may be one way for, for people to kind of uh, plan around. Um, yeah. So uh, something that's really interesting to me is uh, there is a free portion of this particular service. Um, and the free portion is basically, uh, like I said, you you tell it what your interests are, what your favorite rides are, And then it will try to get you on those rides on your particular day by telling you, Um, the forecasted wait times, uh, it it may say, oh, like traditionally, um, you know, uh, Splash Mountain or Big Thunder Mountain has a short wait time right at nine o'clock, so so you should probably go right then, Um, and then sometime later in the afternoon, you said you like Haunted Mansion, and it tends to slow down around three o'clock, so you should probably go between this window and this window. I have no idea what those forecasts are are based on. Um, and and the really cynical part of me,, um, it makes me think that they will treat that the same way that they did the standby wait times, which as we before before the pandemic, people were starting to notice that uh, Disney may or may not allegedly, Uh, were inflating standby wait times at certain rides and decreasing them at other rides in order for in order to drive people to those rides so if they said oh you know there's a ton of people in toy story land and galaxy's edge at hollywood studios right now let's drop the wait time a little bit at uh rock and roller coaster or tower of terror a bunch of people will leave those lands and go there and then it'll sort of uh, artificially drive down the wait times in those lands. And so, like I said, the cynical part of me is thinking that the Disney Genie, uh, while it will do its best to to try and limit your wait time, your standby wait time, can, can I fully trust that it's actually giving me relevant information? Or is it telling me to go to Splash Mountain in the afternoon because really it doesn't want people going into Tomorrowland. And so it's driving me there so it can try and spread people around the park. Uh, And I may end up waiting a little bit longer than if I had just gone first thing in the morning.
1: Well, and I think you're absolutely correct to, to to think that I'm, I, you know, I was just reading an article today about how Disney has had such a tough time hiring people after the pandemic, like Mm. just a huge work shortage. And in the best of times, they've always really wanted to know, you know, the algorithm of people's behavior, right? Like it just yeah. helps them for staffing, for merchandise, for purchase, like you know, food. There's a ton of data that Disney collects. To, on a good day, um, I mean, basically, Genie is going to just push you where. I mean, it's in their best interest to push you in places that they want. You know, they need to fill gaps. They need to fill holes. I mean, I think it's it's optimistic to think that you're going to put down your choices and that it's going to give you the best for every single person that uses it. I think you're more likely to get some things that work and some things that work for Disney. I'm not yeah. sure that you'll get that. You'll get a full, you know, and I mean, one thing that's that I know has been touched on by many people, but also the idea that Disney has really taken this from, from touring plans is actually <laughs> just, it's a it it's actually i mean kudos to touring plans to really creating this market really creating this data and and really driving this this you know touring plan idea um and so it is really interesting to kind of see disney capitalize on it and basically it's going to charge people um for what touring plans did yeah and touring plans charged 15 bucks for the year and disney's now going to charge 15 bucks per person per day (laughs) So, so so you know um it Again, I all this stuff fascinates me when it comes to to, to business uh, sense. Yeah. Um. But I agree with you, Ryan. I do think there's some there's some cynical views to take when it comes to Disney having your absolute best interest uh, at heart when it comes to your vacation planning.
0: Yeah, I think what you said, like it'll be a combination of s- some things will be beneficial to you and some things will be beneficial to Disney. Um. And. Uh, in part of Disney's sort of announcement and some of the videos that they released talking about how it works, some of the examples they give is that, you know, um, if you say, uh, uh, if you say Space Mountain is something that you really want to want to do, it's going to tell you, okay, uh, we're forecasting that the, the shortest wait time will be around 12 to 1. Um, and then it will also tell you things like Oh, and hey, since you're in Tomorrowland uh, at one o'clock, why don't you grab some lunch at Cosmic Rays and uh, and go there? And here's like you can mobile order in the app. It It's all there. It's so like there are very many options that are beneficial, um, but maybe you don't want to go to Cos- Cosmic Rays. Like sometimes I feel like. Um, you know, I've got to be really in the mood for cosmic rays and otherwise, (laughs) you know, I'm probably going to be willing to walk all the way over to like Columbia Harbor house and, uh, and grab something that I'd prefer to eat. Um, so, so yeah, it'll be really, really interesting to kind of see people's experiences of, um, did it get me everything that I wanted? Um, or did it get me most things? Did it have some really bizarre suggestions, um, that were kind of out of left field? Uh, the big thing for me is, um, you know, how accurate is it going to be when, um, when it tells you, you know, the forecasted wait times will be a little bit shorter and you head over there, is it actually going to be accurate? Um, or is it going to be like, oops, like we tried to forecast, but really you stood in a 120-minute line and uh, and it kept you <laughs> from the rest of the park um, secretly. So, uh, I, I mean, I don't think that's Disney's intention. I think you're right. Disney does really want as much data as they possibly can. And if they can somehow predict what people are going to do, um, it makes their like their staffing levels so much easier. I mean, thank goodness the Genie app doesn't suggest things like, "Hey, you'd really like this piece of merchandise." <laughs> that's uh that's just around the corner if you go that's into up next. If you go into Sir Mickey's like uh, on your way to the carousel which you said you wanted to do, make sure you pick up, you know, this little statue that you're that we think you'll really yeah. like
1: hasn't gone that you really far want yet. An orange bird sipper with your goal whip. <laughs> that's what you really want. Yeah, for Well, sure. and you know what what I really wonder is, I remember when when FastPass Plus came out and the kiosks were places, and you know people didn't have their phones or you weren't as attached to your phone as you are now. Yeah, I remember thinking, you know, because of course you know we would go quite a bit and certainly researched it, and, and you know at the time being a travel agent we certainly were aware. But I remember walking around being like, man, people aren't utilizing FastPass Plus. They're not utilizing the the, the, the technology that they can. And so my thought is now is. You have to. You're basically going to have to be attached to your phone all day. Yeah. Will that, and those who aren't, how will it impact their trip? You know, are you going to be able to have that trip where you're like, well, I'm just going to go here, I'll wait in a couple of rides and just go here? Or is your trip going to be completely railroaded by the lack of planning that the the app is going to do for you i mean like are you gonna are you gonna be able to show up just random places and be like yeah i'm gonna you know hop in here or are those virtual queues gonna be booked and be like sorry you, know, you gotta use the disney plus app again yeah a bit cynical but but just not sure until we see how this works
0: yeah for sure um uh i, oh, I think it's really interesting um talking about how the uh, you and I talked just before we we started recording about virtual queues. Because this is a somewhat new thing that also adds an element to, um, to the Disney experience is that it seems like most new rides are going to have virtual queues just to handle the sheer number of crowds. Um, but during the course of uh, the pandemic, um, in order to maintain social distancing, Disney has also had to implement virtual queues for... Attractions that they just can't accommodate that number of people in the standby queue, and the big example here is um, is Slinky Dog Dash in in Toy Story Land, where in order to facilitate social distancing in the queue, if it's stretched all the way out of the land uh, to a certain point, there's just no there's just no point in getting more people to stand in line. Um, it's just chaos. So uh so Disney would implement a virtual queue at that point um telling you to come back at a certain time it doesn't let you get right on the ride it lets you get into the line at that point where you can then wait the amount of time that's that's left to wait um that'll be an interesting sort of experience how that integrates with uh with Genie um but I I I very want to quickly talk about um you know, one of the other free features that's in the Genie part of the My Disney Experience app or the Disneyland app, and that is there is a virtual assistant in there as well. So you can ask it questions like, um, you know, how late does the monorail run? And it will give you an answer or it will connect you. It says it will connect you with a cast member who can provide you an answer. Um I don't want to dive into how complicated i think that would be and you know would you be waiting how long would you be waiting to get a cast member members response but hopefully there are a number of sort of pre-built answers into this virtual assistant that let you say well i don't i don't know what kind of questions you can ask can you ask like are there still reservations for um liberty tree tavern and it'll tell you like yes there's this one um, or it'll tell you I can't help you with that. You'll have to go to another part of the app. Um,
1: oh my gosh, the amount of people that you're going to see yelling at their phone <laughs> is just going to be. Oh my gosh. I
0: mean, yeah. my phone already dies because of like poor Wi-Fi in, in in Walt Disney World. So I I really hope they've upped their Wi-Fi game because as a Canadian, like I can't. Uh, yes, I can pay to to have my data plan down in Florida but that's an added cost that I don't really want to add on. And, and I should just be able to use the Wi-Fi. But sometimes like the constant searching for Wi-Fi kills the battery on the phone. And so, you know, you might be stuck without your your genie or itinerary if, um, if your battery dies because you're searching for signals. So all that to say, I'm really hoping Disney has upped the Wi-Fi game there, but who knows?
1: Well, yeah, and good luck in Disneyland. I know we've talked about the <laughs> Wi-Fi game there. The Wi-Fi game in there is, is atrocious compared to uh, to Disney World. But I, I'm – yeah, and I think I had read – and I'm sure, Ryan, you've got that info there. But I'm pretty sure that now with that virtual assistant, you're all actually able to get connected to a cast member regarding your accessibility pass now 30 yeah. days in advance, right? That's part the, of it or, or Disney services. which
0: – Yeah, Disney has said uh, if you – Um, if you used the disability access service program, um, there are options to enroll in the program before you arrive. Um, and then you should be able to select attractions directly in the app. Um, these obviously they still have in-person, uh, DAS if you, uh, if you want to go to the queue, if you want to get it set up at Guest uh, Guest Relations or Guest Services, you can certainly do that. Um, but this should allow you, if you are eligible for the Disney, uh, the Disability Access uh, Service, you can um, pre-enroll in it and and then use the app to help you um, book those return times. Um, I'm assuming it would be similar to to the old system where you'd then go through the fast pass line or or the lightning lane as it's called now. So yeah, that is um you know, that's another nice enhancement to uh to that system. But let's But, but oh, sorry. Go Robert, ahead. Before
1: you do that um I'm just trying to because uh, I, I believe there's um there's a video chat, right? There's a pre-arrival registration video chat. Okay. And so the reason why the reason why I bring that up is because in the past Disney has um, people have utilized the the DAS in in negligent ways.
0: Yes. Um,
1: and have kind of ruined it for others, uh, for those who are truly who actually that need service. it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to kind of clarify that it's not just something that everybody can you know kind of free for all use. There is a video chat that, that will come with it. Uh, again, I'm sure somebody will try to skirt the issue, and again, that's why we can't have nice things. But yeah. This is uh, just just another kind of uh, caveat
0: to that. Yeah, having experienced um, uh, going with somebody who who did need the the DAS uh, service, uh, I will say like the Disney cast members um, are pretty. I, I don't say I want to. I don't want to say strict, um, but but they do ask a lot of questions because it's basically. Uh, to ensure that you are physically incapable of waiting in the line, um, for, for a number of different reasons. Um, but not all reasons. Um, you know, you can't just say like, oh, my legs get tired and I need to sit down. Uh, That's not necessarily a, a good reason to, to not be, uh, waiting in the standby line and, and get access for DAS. So, uh, Disney will treat it as they always have on a case by case basis. Um, there's no like, oh, you need to say this thing and then you'll get it. Um, it's just best for if you if you feel like that is something that you need, um, then yeah, certainly you can explore. I I like the idea of being able to pre enroll in it so you don't have to spend, you know, an hour of your park time. At guest services on your first day, trying to get it set up, just so that you can um, utilize it for for the rest of the time. But uh, but let's talk about um, the elephant in the room. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I think we've tried to be fairly positive about it uh, right now, and maybe we'll get into some of the negative uh, additions that that are here. Um, I'll start just by saying that uh, the Disney Genie service is replacing FastPass and MaxPass. Um, And specifically at Walt Disney World, it is replacing FastPass and there is a paid option. So there is now, basically what's going to happen is we are, something that used to be free with your ticket uh, is now going to cost you an extra amount and there are two variations on it. Um, And for anybody who listened to our last episode where we talked about, would you pay for a a fast pass? We talked about different um, ways that Disney could implement uh, fees. And what I was not expecting was for Disney to like use all of the ideas that we were talking about all in one go, Um, because it's not just one way to pay like there are multiple ways for you to end up paying through through this app. Um and and let's talk about the first one uh which is a Disney genie plus service so it's an added cost um for at Walt Disney World it's fifteen dollars per ticket per day so uh depending on how many people are gonna utilize that service um, I don't know if you'll be able to separate out. Like if you have a young child who can't go on all those attractions um, or is going to skip out, can they opt out or, or is it everybody in your party? I'm, I'm not sure there are questions to be asked, but uh, but $15 per ticket per day um, and you can book it or you can pay for that on the day that you use it. Uh, you can't arrange it ahead of time. Um, What it allows you to do is make selections for specific attractions uh, for you to go into their lightning lane, which is essentially the fast pass line Uh, for all intents and purposes. It's uh, it's the fast pass line. Um, The lightning lane gets you basically close to the front of the line so that you don't have to wait in the standby line. You can select one attraction at a time and then you can't select another one until you uh, have utilized that one. So it it's in a lot of ways exactly like Disneyland's MaxPass service where you couldn't have more than one at a time. You had to utilize your one before you could book the next one. And so Disney says that there is limited availability. Um I, Who knows what that limit is? But essentially... Uh, it'll be like booking fast pass times you'll get an hour window to to show up where you can then go in the lightning lane and um and essentially get to the front of the line um that's that's sort of the main portion of it uh they have mentioned that in addition to paying for the disney genie plus um, there are as disney puts it audio experiences for you to experience around the parks. So depending on where you are, there could be, you know, cool sound uh, cues or sound um, bites that, uh, that are supposed to enhance the magic for you. Um, And uh, I 100% called it augmented reality reality. Uh, in addition to the Disney Genie Plus. So basically you can take videos or uh, or photos and there's augmented reality that happens in your background or on you. Um, yeah, uh, no surprises there. But I feel like it's Disney sort of saying like it's not just paying for fast passes or f- paying for the lightning lane. Um, it has audio enhancements and augmented reality. How cool is that?
1: And when are you going to use these audio enhancements? <laughs> when are you ever going to be like, oh, guys, gather around the phone. I want you to hear what's going on.
0: Yeah, well, and I think, but- is it going to be something that changes? Or is it like, oh, we listened to the Cinderella Castle one, and now there's literally no point in me listening to it again because it's it'll be the exact same thing when we come back, you know, five days later.
1: Now, what would be cool, and this is, I'm sure, already on their their radar and this is what i actually do think the uh moana uh water discovery uh area might have um, when epcot releases it is where your will your phone like the tapu tapu at volcano bay for universal will your phone be able to unlock certain interactive portions in the in your in the experience right so yeah you know the t- the tiki's move or the camel spits <laughs> or whatever right so um and i'm sure you know uh you know, disney genie plus would 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 have that capability if that could happen so for sure i betcha it's down the road so
0: the, yeah so the big thing here though is that you can pay 15 dollars per ticket per day at walt disney world um and get access to booking these lightning lane passes um that get you close to the front of the line access um but it's not every attraction in the whole park. Um, certainly, most attractions that had Fast Pass previously, it would it would have to be on that list. Um, but there is a, an exception to that, and and may, we'll maybe talk about that in a minute. Um, but let's just talk about how uh, fifteen dollars per ticket per day at Walt Disney World, twenty dollars per ticket per day at Disneyland. But at Disneyland, it does include Photo Pass. Um, I'm actually a little bit surprised that Walt Disney World didn't lump it in, um, for the extra $5 because, you know, who's going to, now you're going to weigh the option. Do I want to pay the $200 for Memory Maker and get all my photos? Or am I going to want, um, you know, Disney Genie Plus on a couple of days or all of my days and, uh, and go from there. So uh, I'm a little disappointed that way, but... But fifteen dollars for a family of four—I uh, mean, that's sixty bucks a day. Five days is three hundred dollars U.S. Um, is that is that worth it, or, or is it going to be like Max Pass, where um, you know Max Pass a, was a really great service at Disneyland, but it wasn't an, it wasn't necessarily an everyday service that you needed. Uh, it was something that if you really wanted to get a lot done, you could pay for it, but you certainly didn't need it every day of your of your trip.
1: I've so I wonder actually if if you'll actually see Walt Disney World be more successful with this than Disneyland, and only because Disney World typically now I think twenty twenty one will prove me wrong, but that's partially to the pandemic. <laughs> Uh, it's typically an international destination versus Disneyland, which has a far more locals. Right. So I do think you're going to have a discernible crowd that says, well, we go to Disneyland every other weekend and you know what, who cares? We don't need to ride Guardians of the Galaxy this time because we ran out last time. Right. Um, whereas you have a lot more guests coming to Disney world where it's like, nope, this is the trip we're flying from Brazil. Well, you know, obviously Canada, um, you know, you might be more or less to be like, okay, fine for those locals though, which, you know, Disney world certainly has a lot too. Yep. Um, I bet that this is something that they, cause really you're going to pick and choose. Like, you know, do I want to go for a nice meal or am I going to do, you know, Disney, you know, genie plus kind of thing. Yeah. Like I do think that it is going to make some people stop and think. And, you know, just like you said, like, you know, maybe you don't need the photo class. Um, but I do wonder, I bet you, you'll see Disney world, I just bet it'll be more popular for Disney World than Disneyland. Yeah, but again, there's way more people there. So I
0: think my big question will be,, uh, I certainly can't imagine using it at every park every day. Like it makes a ton of sense at Magic Kingdom, where there are a lot of attractions. You could uh, you have a better chance of sort of getting more of those lightning Lane passes um, throughout the day if there are more attractions that are available. But to pay fifteen dollars per ticket per day, and go to Animal Kingdom where there's really only six attractions, and two of them will not be on this list, as we'll talk about uh, in in a little bit. Um, I can't imagine that that $15 is going to be worth it for Animal Kingdom. Does Disney just think like, okay, if people are only using it at Magic Kingdom, and I don't know, maybe Hollywood Studios uh, is is that going to be good enough for us? Because you know, it's going to be difficult for people to justify using. That service on their Epcot day or on their Animal Kingdom day.
1: Well, and or or is it something down the road where it's a tiered pricing, right? Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios is fifteen dollars a day. Epcot and Animal Kingdom become ten dollars a day. <laughs> as if it's not um,
0: confusing enough,
1: right? Well, um, well, and truthfully, I think as as we'll get into the the meat and potatoes of the exclusions, I think that's actually where you'll find the biggest. Change here will be, I bet people will avoid using it for those two parks Yeah, because they'll then save that money to then
0: go into the lightning lane, um, There we which go. is uh, so it is a little confusing because Disney Genie Plus, the $15 a day, gives you access to a select number of attractions where you can enter their lightning lane and get to the front of the line, essentially, um, or close to the front of the line or a shorter wait time. Um, but there are, uh, the most popular attractions or some of the more popular attractions at the parks, um, are separate. They're not included in the Disney Genie Plus list because you will have to pay individually for those particular attractions. Um, and the example of this will be, uh, let's, let's use Animal Kingdom as the example. Um, if you... Pay the fifteen dollars, you'll be able to, um, you'll be able to choose lightning lane passes or, or or quick passes to things like, um, uh, dinosaur and expedition Everest, and it's tough to be a bug and probably Navi River Journey, but for Flight of Passage, which is one of the most uh, one of the longest lines. Um, and probably the rumors are Kilimanjaro Safari, which can also have a longer line. Um, those two attractions will not be included in the Disney Genie Plus service. It'll, instead, you'll have to pay individually to get in the Lightning Lane for those attractions. And crucially, what Disney has released is that the price to get in that Lightning Lane will change seasonally. There's no range. It's not telling you it's between like $8 and $20. There's no range whatsoever because I think Disney's going to use a sliding scale to figure out what works for them. And again, it's it's limited availability. So it's not just going to be like anybody who has money can ride it as many times as they want. Um, the really interesting part is you can only book one or two of these individual attractions per day so you can't like you can't go you can't pay for uh flight of passage and pay for kilimanjaro safari and then go and pay for flight of passage again or go to a different park and pay for that particular attraction um you you can only use one or two so it is limited that way but that makes me wonder about what the price is going to be to justify that um that particular change and so uh, i'm i will say i don't uh, i've read it a number of times i've i've thought about it in my head it's still very confusing that there's a list of attractions at each park that you can get uh, these lightning lane passes for um, through the G- disney genie plus purchase but then there're separate um, basically top-tier attractions that you have to pay individually for separate from Disney Genie Plus. You you can choose to do one or the other. You don't need Disney Genie Plus in order to pay for, um, you know, your uh, your premium attraction. You can just pay for the premium attraction and nix the Disney Genie Plus portion of it. Or you can do both, um, depending on how deep your pockets are.
1: And, and basically, you can you could do Disney Genie Plus and that will allow you to book like the lightning lane for certain attractions but basically not the top tier attractions the top tier attractions are only to be accessible if you're willing to pay the price on that day
0: individually and so individually. and and so that that price will fluctuate seasonally. Um, so I'm assuming at the busy times it's going to be right through the roof. Um, and then in quieter times, it might be a little bit lower to kind of encourage people to use it. Um, I, there's no official list from Disney as to what those specific top tier attractions are or premium attractions are. Um, but they did give a couple of examples, uh, or one of which is Seven Dwarves Mine Train in Magic Kingdom. And I would assume, like, I'm going to say, like, Space Mountain, that traditionally has a long line, and so maybe they want to make that a premium attraction. And then as, soon as, uh, as soon as 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 soon Tron is going to come out, um, I feel like that'll just be added to that, um, that as well. Yeah, Rise of the Resistance is definitely going to be one, which I... Of all the attractions, seems like the one that people would be willing to pay the most because it yeah, can be really
1: difficult to get in the virtual queue. Totally agree. To be honest, out of all the rides, it's the one that I would actually say. Maybe. I, I'm not upset about, you know, like I'm not saying that I would pay for it, but it might be the only one that I wouldn't pay for. Yeah. You know, um, what I was going to say, though, is so we talked about kind of the, the cynic in us at the beginning, um, you think that if they're charging for let's use Seven Dwarfs Mine Train as an example. If they're charging for, you know, to kind of beat the line or Lightning Lane and, and have a smaller weight, is there gonna be less people doing that? So therefore more standby people will have to ride the ride? Or conversely, are there just gonna be so many people who are willing to pay? The standby lines are gonna be bananas, and the only way you get on those rides is if you pay.
0: I think it all comes down to what Disney considers is limited availability. Right. Um, right. Absolutely. Because, totally agree. And I because, think it'll change by the day. Yeah, they have this like blanket term of limited availability. Um, because I, I think you're right. I, I, I think it would be in everybody's, um, it would not be in everybody's best interest if they sold so many Lightning Lane passes that the standby line is three hours long consistently. That just, that doesn't help anybody that it makes the attraction so um, unattractive, uh, if I can use the pun. Um, But, uh, so I think you have to limit the amount of people who can purchase those Lightning Lane passes per hour. I don't know what that magic number is. That keeps the standby line going to a point where you're not consistently looking at a two hour, three hour wait Um, for for that sort of attraction because they do want people to be in the standby line. It gets them out of the walkways and um, it it gets them, you know, doing something. Um, But you don't want them to be there for half the day because then it ruins the experience for them. I I think if you... What it will do is if it is a particularly busy time of day and you are staring at a two-hour wait, it makes the lightning lane purchase a little bit easier to consider if you're like, well, do I want to wait two hours or do I want to pay let's say $12 for per person for us to get on this ride uh in the next 15 minutes?
1: Yeah. I, yeah. It's funny. You were kind of giving that scenario and all I can think about is grandma and grandpa taking, you know, the their grandkids and it's four o'clock and they're freaking out and they can't, you know, there's no rides left to ride or everything's too busy and they pony up 50 bucks for them to hop on Peter Pan. You know, like <laughs> I just, uh, it, it, you know, gosh, there's a part of this that it just makes good financial sense for Disney. But there's a part of it that just seethes with, you know, I don't know, this has me feeling a bit like the carnival that shows up at the corner of the gas station. Like it's just, there's a bit of it that's like, guys, this is a little bit much and, and seems a little too capitalist. Um, But I don't know, I guess that's, you know, that's for everybody else. I did see
0: like on the Disney parks blog website, um, there was a comment from, um, from a guest and I'm fully stealing it right now uh, because they said, I want to be treated like a guest, not a piggy bank. And it does kind of feel like, uh, you know, I don't want to feel like I'm being turned upside down and shaken for all the pennies or loonies or toonies or, you know, twenty dollar bills that I have uh, just to just to get on the ride. It does seem like, um, and and you know, we've we've talked about it in the past too, where um, I think Disney is really banking on <laughs> people's um impulses and and you know lots of us can be considered impulse buyers and if you're like i said if you're staring at a long wait you're going to highly consider that dollar amount and really weigh your time is my time worth two hours in line or is it worth me to pay the money so that i can sort of skip that line um and not really worry about it i i Everybody's answer is gonna be different. I do like the fact that it's not um <laughs> it, it's not just like oh people with a ton of money can just pay over and over and over again. They'll get to the front of every single line and and they'll sort of uh, have a monopoly on on the wait times. Um, being limited to only one or two of those attractions per day is really interesting. But I think it also, on the other side of things, is in Disney's best interest because if you allow more than two or three of those paid attractions, uh, those pre- paid premium attractions, you're uh, entering into VIP tour territory, which Disney still wants to keep that money. Uh, flowing because um you know vip tours are a ton of money but that gives you like true front of the line access of pretty much everything
1: and i would highly recommend a vip tour (laughs) as as i've done one i if you have the money yes
0: but it is a lot of money
1: it's a lot of money, and and truthfully, you know, it's something we haven't talked about, but it actually would be a great topic um, to to save for <laughs> down the road because it is definitely a different experience. Um, I yeah, I mean, I guess we're we'll, we're just gonna have to kind of see how this shakes out. I I right now envision, I envision a ton of, Buzzfeed and. Twitter stories, pop-up stories that are going to be like, I went to Disney and I spent an extra seven hundred dollars that I wasn't planning. Like we're just, <laughs> ine- inevitably you're going to see this, you know. I, I just can see it now, and it'll be interesting to see how Disney uh, manages the message because it's one of the best things that Disney does is yeah. they will manage a message very well. But I do think people are going to be quite shocked with some with, with the extra spending that they have the potential to make.
0: Well, and I think it's. Uh, it'll be very interesting because the value will have to be there for the money that you're spending. Um, if Disney doesn't want to have a ton of people complain about not getting their money's worth, um, it has to be, it has to be something that is uh, beneficial to, to actually purchase. So if you're paying $15 per ticket per day um, and and you're entering you've booked your lightning lane experience at your first attraction let's say it's big thunder you get into that lightning lane and you still wait 25 minutes people though, then people are going to complain this is money on the line i've paid the money and i'm not getting this experience that uh is the same level of magic same thing with those lightning lane for the premium attractions um you know if i've paid let's pull a dollar figure. If I paid $20 per person to go on flight of passage and I still had to wait 20 minutes, um, I might be disappointed in that money because I would have expected to just walk on the ride at that point.
1: I will say, I know at the beginning we talked about briefly the timing of, of it just saying fall. I, we should make a wager, Brian. I actually (laughs) think, and now, in retrospect, I bet you it doesn't come out until after October 1st. And the only reason I think of it is because I do bet, judging by IT issues in the past <laughs> with Disney, and, and like, I, I mean, and then the, the terminology fall is a very broad September 21 to December 21. Yeah. Um, it makes me wonder if it's going to be, like, a November 1st thing, um, only because I could just see them trying to avoid any catastrophe disasters around <laughs> October 1st um, and the 50th celebration and just kind of put it off. I, I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, I see absolutely why they might do it that way, but I just wonder if, if with everything they'll, they'll hold off and try to mitigate disaster. Yeah. I, you know what?
0: I, I think you're absolutely right. I think, you know, the chances of them rolling it out for the 50th, unless it happens like uh, in early September, which I don't think it will, um, for enough like three weeks of bugs to kind of get sorted out um yeah the park is going to be packed on october the 1st at both magic yeah, and at kingdom the and Epcot, the like,
1: and, and with only americans
0: <laughs> yeah
1: i mean it, it's it is crazy i mean we're talking about the genie but it is crazy that we are in the beginning of or well in america we're in the midst of a very big fourth wave yeah um and i'm actually quite surprised that uh um, yeah we haven't seen more pullback of, or, or I guess more restrictions put put on in Disney. Um, so I mean I know lots of Canadians who are not going to be going to the the 50th anymore We're um, one of them so yeah yeah absolutely right that's um, so it's gonna be it'll be interesting to see who all goes and what that looks like and uh, yeah wow
0: yeah times we are. Um, I, I want to briefly just talk about uh, because there's a little bit of detail that um, wasn't with Disney's posts, but did talk about in some of the videos that they were um, announcing about um, the Genie app. And that if you pay for uh, Genie Plus, ev- anybody who pays for Genie Plus can start to book their uh, passes at 7 a.m. in the morning. So regardless of whether you're on resort or at home, 7 a.m. with Disney Genie Plus, you can start to book your Lightning Lane um, passes uh, at, at 7 a.m. If
1: And so that's actually off-property as well? That's
0: off-property. So where it differentiates is the premium Lightning Lane attractions. So your Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, your Flight of Passage, your Rise of the Resistance... Uh, Remy probably, um, Guardians definitely when it comes out, uh, maybe Test Track or something like that, the ones that you have to pay for individually. If you are not staying on property, you can only start to book those uh, once the park opens officially. So whatever the official start time is, is when you can start to book those. But if you're a Disney Resort guest, you can book those starting at 7 a.m., um, so it's this really, really tiny perk for Disney Resort guests that you get to wake up an extra early time to make sure that you can book, pay, and book yeah. your your Lightning Lane pass for for let's say flight of passage starting at 7 a.m. and everybody else has to wait until the park opens. So, so
1: not only not only are you paying a premium <laughs> on your lodging. Which we, again, look, we love Disney, but that we are playing a premium for your lodging. Yeah, Your perk to pay that premium is you also then, you have the opportunity to pay the ride, your favorite <laughs> ride.
0: Yeah. And get up early to to book it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, a really interesting um, perk, but we're adding a perk into the column for, for resort guests. It's not a big one. Um, but it's certainly there, so we can uh, we can add that perk back into that column and forget about things like Magical Express. Who who yeah. knew what that was? Jeez. <laughs> um, yeah. So we've covered a lot of the basics of of Disney Genie, the free part, um, the. Fifteen dollar per ticket per day portion, and then the paying for individual premium attractions. There's a lot of this that's going to get sussed out as we as we go along. Um, but I do want to make a quick comment. I have seen a few, so there has been a ton of backlash on this. In that Fast Pass was a free service, and at Disneyland, um, you could still get paper Fast Passes. I'm assuming that that's no longer going to be the case in Disneyland, although I haven't seen anything official. Um, but but basically something that was free or free, quote unquote, was included in the price of your ticket is now going to cost you an extra amount. And what does that do for the experience? Um, and, and Lauren and I were talking here about... Um, if you don't pay for the Disney Genie plus or for the lightning lane for the premium attractions, are you somehow going to not experience the same amount of magic that you would, um, if you had paid for it? So if you're just going to use the app to let it tell you when it thinks the lowest wait times are, and you're going to go in those attractions and wait in the standby line, and you might wait a little bit longer, um, than the wait times are right now are you still going to have the same magical experience or is it going to feel like, um, you are missing out on more experiences in the parks uh, if you don't pay, uh, for, for these premium, uh, up, upsells. Um, and, and I don't know, I personally will have to wait and see, um, to see what it feels like when we get there. Um, i think ryan you said earlier if you are staring at all these long wait times and and just sort of questioning you know maybe we should just pay for it um is that going to diminish your experience um overall uh yeah good question right well
1: and the other thing i would also say is and normally i wouldn't kind of be this kind of uh I don't know, dire or blunt, I guess, is I I don't know if I'd want to be in the parks the first few weeks that this is unveiled. (laughs) I just don't. I I mean, that truly, I don't. I I think there's a lot of nuances that come with this that we're going to have to kind of figure out. Uh, You know, FastPass Plus had its own kind of craziness, but it was free. You you know, you you didn't, you know, you might miss your favorite ride if you didn't get one, but you didn't pay extra for it. You know, now you're going to pay extra for it. So I I think it's going to add a little bit more of, of a stress and planning element to it that you know it's gonna have to be sussed out and so truthfully i, I do you know somewhat tongue-in-cheek i do think the first couple of weeks or months of this will be really interesting to watch to see how people utilize it the best uh again goodness me there'll be youtube channels out there don't you worry i'm sure the, the big vloggers will figure it out for you um but yeah so i honestly i i do mean that so so i mean again and we certainly will do our best to kind of um you know navigate it and give you all the updates um to, to make sure you have that info but yeah, it is something that I would I it's going to be really interesting, I guess, would be my end statement. Yeah, I
0: think that's probably a good place to leave it. We've talked a lot about it and and there's more information to come. We know that for sure. So um, whew, this is a really tough one for for us because we've been anticipating an announcement for so long. And I'm really uh, the announcement of Disney Genie being added to the My Disney Experience app or the Disneyland app. Um, came several years ago and I really wonder if the paid portion was a part of that plan the whole time or if this is something that really came into effect you know towards the end of the game when it became clear that uh, they had an opportunity to um, do away with fast pass and max pass and and introduce something that is a paid premium option. Uh, I mean, we could sit and uh, speculate about Disney, the inner workings of Disney <laughs> until, until we're blue in the face, just like the genie. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'd be really interested to see. We've had some uh, people reach out to us on social media already uh, to give us their answers, but, um, but we'd really love to hear from you, um, the listeners who, who, uh, you know, you're our sounding board. Are we completely off base? Is is paying for uh paying $15 per ticket per day for access to a lot of attractions? Is that something that you think is worthwhile? Would you pay individually for the lightning lane for the premium attractions? um, go to our Facebook and Instagram pages, find the post, uh, for this particular episode and leave a comment down below, um, about how, how you feel about it. Is this something that you're excited about? Um, is it something that makes you sort of cringe a little bit? Um, yeah, we'd like to know your experiences. Um, and yeah. Uh, obviously we're only speaking for ourselves as well. I'm sure as we talk about this in the future, both Laurens are going to weigh in on this as well. Um, but I think, you know, they're probably on the same page with us uh, overall. Um, but we want to thank you so much for sticking with us as we talk through the Disney Genie portion of uh, the My Disney Experience app, whenever that rolls out. Um, we're looking forward to kind of seeing the, the outcome. Um, and yeah. We want to thank you so much for joining us. And on behalf of myself, Ryan, and Ryan, we are the Double Doubles. You've been listening to Dole Whips and Double Doubles. Thanks so much for listening, and we look forward to you joining us again next time.